0: Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig
1: welcome to the norton podcast and thank you for joining us today however you may be listening iheartradio itunes youtube or through any of the podcast platforms i want to thank you for being here today today we're going to be speaking to cody thurman who's the vice president and managing principal broker for living room realty in portland oregon living room realty has over 100 real estate agents and manages over 300 single family homes so I'm super excited to bring you our conversation. One of the things that she talks about is how living room realty is intertwined within the community and giving back to the community is part of their core culture. So it got me thinking about the B1G1. So I mentioned it when I'm interviewing with her, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about the the, the B1G1. So the, the idea behind buy one, give one, or B1G1 is to select a core business activity mainly sales, right? Or interaction with a customer and link the activity to a nonprofit you like to support. So this obviously helps a nonprofit you're partnering with. It can also help you with your conversion with all things being equal between you and maybe some other competitors, people will choose to do business with someone who is socially conscious and likes to give back to the community. Here's what we did at empire. When we had our empire industries, we had a B one G one program that we implemented. And I will be implementing this at VPM at some point, we just have not implemented just yet. But the first thing we did is we chose an organization. We chose Camp Hope, which was a PTSD organization for combat veterans. So veterans who have seen combat that were struggling with PTSD, Camp Hope helps these guys get back on their feet. And uh, what we liked about them was that like 90, over 90 cents for every dollar donated went back to the veterans they were helping. So we really like that organization. They were a smaller organization. They're Houston-based, so we kind of like that. So we partnered with them. Now, the second thing is you determine the business activity you're going to link it to. So for us, it was creating a substantial meeting with a client. So anybody we met with a potential PMA client, we would then connect that with giving to the PTSD Foundation. Then you have to create a process. Right, so when we would meet with a client, we would leave them a card and the card would just say, just by meeting with us, you have donated a lunch to a veteran suffering with PTSD. And we spoke to Camp Hope and we were told that it costs about five, six dollars to feed a vet lunch. So for every person we met, we donated five to six dollars. We run up, a, we'd run a sales report at the end of each quarter and we would determine all the meet, all the meetings that we had from our CRM system. And then we would we bring in Camp Hope to our quarterly uh, our, one of our company meetings. So we wanted to make it impactful. So we had Camp Hope come to our office each quarter, and they talked to our team about their personal journey and how Camp Hope saved th- saved th- them. Right, and so then we would give them a a check for from all the meetings that we had. And we obviously this creates a photo op and they post it on social. We would post it on social. And so we used it as some of our marketing, you know, some marketing to, to bring attention to, to camp hope. Then we also added to our website in our PMA packet. We also added to our website and our PMA packet. And this would generate, I think it's around around a thousand dollars a quarter. So that's, that's a way to use the, the B1 G1 program. Now, Cody and her team take this concept and they kind of 10x it so it's really interesting when I talk to her and find out about this that we talk a lot more about what they do which I think is really really interesting so we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with our interview with Cody Thurman be right back
2: Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts leaving you wondering how to manage it all how can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today.
1: Did you know that
0: most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, YourRIS.com. That's
1: Y-O-U-R-R-I-S dot Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. All right, everybody. Welcome back. And we have Cody Thurman with us. So, Cody, thank you so much for being here.
3: Thanks so much for having me. All
1: right. So Living Room Realty, tell us a little bit about Living Room Realty.
3: Living Room Realty is kind of a local boutique real estate company here in the city of Portland. We are right in the heart of Portland, Oregon. And we started back in 2008. The entrepreneur Janelle Isaacson started this beautiful company right in the heart of the recession, which is a feat all in its own by 2012 we had enough real estate agents with enough investor clients that they were just everyone was looking for a good property manager and couldn't find one and
1: oh man you know, listen to my listeners out there in portland oregon no 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 shade thrown there no shade yes. at all
3: sorry guys <laughs> but you know or or they're just busy you know the good ones are busy that's the other piece of it and so clients were hungry for some for great property management that kind of fell in line with the core values of who living room was, you know, living room is a company that reflects our community like I said we're hyper local. And, and,
1: and. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So you mentioned at your boutique now, why, why did you guys stay boutique and not go with like a century 21 or some type of franchise?
3: The model is really hard to duplicate. It's because it's so hyper local. If you look at the the way Living Room even shows up online in our in our social media, who we are is so clearly part of Portland that there wasn't any other place for us to really fit. And some of these national models of mm-hmm. of real estate companies and property management companies, they just didn't allow us to have the flexibility to kind of be our whole selves. And so even now at a, a hundred and 10 and 120 agents, we still kind of feel like that boutique company.
1: So, cause I know if you go with like the century 21s of the world, supposedly you get, you know, you get all this training and you get all of these leads. So by being boutique, you have to develop your own training for your agents. Is, is that correct?
3: Oh yeah. hundred percent. We are developing our own training. We're creating our own marketing, you know, our kind of the entrepreneur that is her sweet spot that is who she is at her core is kind of if you walk into a living room office it looks feels and smells a certain way mm-hmm. and that is a direct representation of just what she sees in her vision and she's just really good at
1: so if i was listening to this right like because most property management firms they have like the, the real estate believe it or not it's the afterthought right and in real estate firms the property manager becomes the afterthought and so if i'm listening to this and i'm like man I really, am thinking about building a real estate department because I have, you know, 300, 200, 400 homes under management and people are asking me to do sales and buys and all that good stuff. What's it, why would I want to stay boutique? Like what's a differentiator other than keeping your identity, which is a big one. Is there anything else that you could think of that's a big differentiator on why I would stay, you know, with my own branding versus going out with a, with a, with a franchise?
3: You know, I think it attracts a certain type of agent as well. And I think, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of determining who my core client is and digging into that until I can, you know, I can map them out. I know where they're looking, where they're shopping, all of those things. And I just feel like when I'm serving my core client and when you're serving over 100 agents, you want to make sure that you're serving the type of people who really want to show up for, who you, for the kind of company so that you
1: want. So what, what are agents typically looking for? Right? Obviously, they're looking for a great culture. I right? get that. But what are, the, what are like a two or three things like an agent is going to take living room versus Bill and Ted's excellent, you know, yeah. real estate brokerage versus Century 21?
3: You know, I, it's been an interesting shift in the last few years. And I think one thing that's when the agents that come to living room, they, they still want the community. They want a community of other agents who show up in the same way they do, because when they come to living room, they're sitting next to all agents who are full-time real estate agents are not just people who hang their license. They're showing up because they want to sit next to other high producers and people who are at their same level. They want the brick and mortar, you know, not everyone needs that. Living room has got a great community aspect. The, the spaces that we have are pretty special. That's, we're kind of we're plopped into different parts of our city. And so I think that it's important that their branding shows up around the city as well.
1: So when you guys are looking at agents, it's almost like when, um, when you're looking at clients as well right? So you have a target market that you're looking for, and you have a specific agent that you're trying to attract and that you're trying to do business with. Would that be? Yep. Okay. So like for an agent, first thing that that I'm thinking of, like, when I when I talked to my agent friends, because I'm a broker here in Texas, but I don't practice anymore. And so one of the first things is they they feel like the broker should give them leads. In, and uh, do you feel the same way? Like, age, all agents want leads. Is that is that kind of something that you that you see
3: in today's market? Yes, everyone mm-hmm. wants leads. Yes, that's right. true.
1: Right, and um, the broker is not responsible to give leads. By the way, it's that's kind no. of a misnomer, right? Like, oh, I want it. but brokers do. Right, they do advertising and stuff like that. Right.
3: Yeah, I mean, if your if your company is doing what it's supposed to do, you're going to have people calling you and wanting to work with your agents because of the way that you show up yeah. um, as a brokerage in the world. So.
1: And the the beautiful thing about having a management company inside your brokerage is it generates tons of leads, right? Because you have, and now a lot of them might be lease leads, but most people who lease just, do you happen to know what your average rental rate over there is for your management firm? Is it, Uh, is it just over
3: 2,500? Okay.
1: So those people at 2,500 are most likely going to buy at some point. Yeah.
3: Oh, hundred percent. Right.
1: So so like so if you're a management firm and you are thinking about creating a real estate firm off your, you know, or, or making a little bit more than what you're doing right now, understand that you have a lot of value. Right? Living Room attracts agents because they have a lot of leads, not just from you know, being intertwined in the community, which evidently you guys do a fantastic job of that. I actually was on your website and I saw that you give back to the community as well which is another thing that we can, let's talk about that here in a second. Cause I think yes. that's super important that not a lot of us do. And I think it brings you a lot of not just goodwill, but it brings you business. So let's talk about that here in a second. But if you are looking at building a real estate firm, right, how many, how many leads have you given up if you don't have agents? You have, you have one house to rent, but 15 people. Now, now not everybody's rent is 2,500 average rent. Here in Houston, when I was doing it, it was about 1,650, which was still those are people who are gonna buy houses here in Houston. Back now, that was also five years ago when like, like when I last managed and sold. But okay. but that's the main thing, right? So you have you generate your property management firm generates leads for your real estate and your real estate generates leads for your property management. Right? Yeah. And so I, what's
3: crazy is I remember a day when, you know, living room property management was was the little sister of living room realty, you know, we were this, that the redheaded
1: stepchild, so to speak, red-headed huh? stepchild, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
3: Yeah, I remember those times, and it's been really cool. What's been really cool, for, especially for my property management team, is as the market has really shifted, and we're seeing such a low amount of transactions that are happening nationally, and it's of course showing up here locally as well. Is that our property? The stability of our property management team has really held up our brokerage and given our brokerage some breathing room, financial breathing room that a lot of small boutique brokerages did, don't have who don't have property management companies. So yeah. it's been a really special kind of shift and our property management team is pretty proud. To come yeah, you're
1: together. seeing, we're recording this in, in August. It's probably come out in a couple of months, but we're recording this in August. And I can promise you that there are so many realtors that are he, have either left the business, because, you know, the good times have dried up, right, you have to actually work now to go get leads and to sell, or they started a property management firm. Yep. Right? Just like you said, the property management firm is, it's that steadiness in time of chaos, right? When 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 there's a shortage of housing, or when the prices go up, or go down, or we're in a recession, or interest rates go up, that property management firm is literally recession proof.
3: It, it really feels that way. And it's it's shown up that way and now
1: do your agents and property managers work work together cohesively or is there some kind of tension between them at times this is my client make sure you take advantage you don't take advantage of them take you know take care of them and all that good stuff and then you know and then the property manager is like gets a house that the owner doesn't want to doesn't want to rehab or things of that nature How, how does that work do you have to like like get your whistle out and be like the the referee between those fights or do you just put them in a mud pit and let them go at it like how does that work
3: you know what? I feel like we need each other. I mean, we're on we're on such different ends of it that we just need each other for all of it. And so, it honestly, I don't we don't really feel that tension, but that's because we have such a clear divide. Everything is just
1: so beautifully perfect there in Portland, huh? <laughs> I mean,
3: I don't know, maybe this is just the the glory of living room, but I really do it's the divide of between the two. The Portland is known as one of the top like the most difficult places to be a property manager. Yeah, I there's mean, a lot of, there's in a lot
1: of legislation in, in different towns and, and municipalities, for sure.
3: It's tough. We probably have the least amount of real estate agents who want to go into property management, even in a recession. Good
1: for you. Because
3: they are close enough to the changes in our laws that they are scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to learn any of that. Yeah. And our property managers are so busy and so intertwined with the laws and such here that the idea of selling real estate, it feels, it's unrealistic. You know, it's like, there's no way I could do, there's no way you could do both. And so I think we've created lanes and we all just kind of stay in our lanes. And that-
1: That's smart. So the property managers don't sell and the realtors don't manage. They, yeah. It doesn't muddy the waters. You know, it's funny, the whole legislation thing that you bring up, you know, more and more legislation is coming, is seeping into all states and even at you know at city level and sometimes even at like you know neighborhood level and you know a lot of managed a lot of property management firms are are upset about this or they they get a little crazy because it's going to make our work it's going to make our, our, our job harder there's no doubt about it right because you know when you have to deal with government agencies it just they don't make things easier for you but what that's also doing is it's, it's generating more business for us. Because yes. guess who else doesn't want to deal with it? The self-manager, right? And, you know, our, our friends in Australia, they couldn't believe when they... So there's a couple of guys that we know from Australia. They came over and they would teach in NARPM a bunch of stuff that Australians do. And did you know, like, I think right now it's roughly the 80-20 year old, right? Roughly 80% of all houses are self-managed. And I think yep. that's gone up a little... I think that's gone down and, and the management has gone up a little bit over the last few years. Let's call it 70-30, well, in Australia, it's the other way around, right? It's like 80% of all homes are managed by a third-party professional, right? And the main reason is really due to the legislation. And so yep. the more legislation that seeps in, you hit the nail on the head. Not only are it going to be less property managers that want to deal with it, less agents that are going to get into the business. So it's going to become a barrier to entry, right? But more importantly, the self-manager, the guy who used to own three, four, five houses in Portland he is no longer going to want to manage those homes. Even if he has one home, he's, he's not going to want to manage it anymore. Because no. everybody feels like they can manage a property, but now when you have to deal with the government, nobody feels like they can. They don't want to deal with the government. Right, I'm going yeah. to leave that over to Cody and her team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fines are there. You sit and have a, conversa- a conversation with any Portland property manager, and they will scare you out of managing your own home. It's a really easy conversation with a... With a with a, a new you know one of our accidental landlords who's just moving right. out of moving out of state, I mean they're just like, oh here it is, you know they just wash their hands of it, please you take it
1: yeah you, you you so. get sued not me, I don't get sued exactly. I manage to get sued so you talked a little bit about your core values and you talked a little bit and a lot of that had to do with with being involved in uh, in the community and you said boutique and you say community quite often. So it it sounds like that is very big with living room. So tell me a couple of things. One, like, you know, who you partner with or or what does that look like? How'd you guys build that, 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 you know, just how'd you build, you know, the, the giving piece and has, does it bring business? I I know we're not doing it for business, but, but does it, does it help?
3: You know, I living room decided pretty early on that we wanted to apply for B Corp status and B Corp status comes with the set of philosophies of how you of how you run business. You do how to do business for good, how to give back to your okay. community, how to make I've, sure that. So I've
1: heard of S corp, C corp. This is B dash corp, B corp.
3: This is B like boy. yeah. Okay,
1: okay. I've, I've never heard of B corp.
3: B corp is a very. I mean, here in Portland, it's a pretty big deal. It's a national. I mean, it's a, it's a national designation that you can that you can apply for, and basically, there's a set of criteria on the way that you do business and you get scored for it. And it's all about, it's about community. It's about the way that it's a lot of the way that you treat your employees as well. Making sure that everyone's making a living wage, making sure people have transportation to and from work, just little things. Sounds
1: very (laughs) Portlandish. I
3: promise it's national. I promise this is not just Portland. Everyone has an opportunity to do this, but yes. Um, it is not a surprise. Well, if
1: they all work from home, then that's pretty easy to, to get the transportation thing down, I guess. <laughs> it's
3: not a surprise that a Portland-based, community-based real estate company would be one of the first. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's not a surprise. So, But the B Corp status, it's interesting how many people are like, oh my gosh, you guys are a B Corp. And there's so much networking within the B Corp community on itself that people will seek you out just to work with another company that is that's dedicated to kind of, like I said, doing business for good is their is their motto. So doing business uh, for good.
1: Okay. So how so how yeah, so, so we, yeah? How would you get that into the community? How do you work in the community now?
3: So actually, and then and there's two different parts of this. So the B Corp is like that's like how the company functions, right? That's how we do business. And then there's the agents. Or, you know, real estate agents are independent contractors.
1: 1099s, you got it. Yep.
3: Right. So in what what what. The story behind our giving, we have something that's called the Loving Room Fund. And the Loving Room Fund was created by agents as a way to combine their giving. And so what they do is every three years, we choose three new nonprofits and our agents vote on these nonprofits. They bring a whole bunch. We go through this whole voting session until we get to the top three. And then we hold those nonprofits for three full years. And a portion of every single commission, every single sales commission that comes through living room is given to one of those three nonprofits and they can choose which one of the three they want to participate with. And so we, I think, I mean, we hit over $600,000 in giving. Wow. And that's directly, that, that's directly the agents giving a portion of their commission. And so, you know, you times that by over a hundred agents, you know, doing, $1 billion worth of business, it's a pretty big deal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's one of the things that really allows us to show up. And then on top of the fact that we are, we've built in this, this giving program where every quarter of these companies are getting a pretty sizable check from living room agents. We actually partner with each one of these companies as well. So we're showing up and we're participating, we're volunteering with them. And we've, we've. So we've it's not just
1: a money stuff. thing. It's, it's, it's a partnership.
3: Yeah. It's a full relationship and it's, it's really special. I think. Do you try to get your
1: owners and residents involved as well? Or is it just the, just the team?
3: So, I mean, we talk about it when we bring on owners. It hasn't, we haven't dipped into the residents at this point yet. It's actually a really good idea is to, is to open that up to residents as well, but it is part of the sales pitch when it comes to, you know, why would you want to do business with living room? And, And knowing that, 5% 5% yeah. of our profits is going back to the community as a pretty, you know, that's, yeah, that,
1: that's that cool. can make the difference between signing or not signing a, a PMA contract or, or a sales contract. For yeah, sure. Money's going back into the, not just to a nonprofit, right. But going back into the community where the, where those nonprofits work for sure. Yeah.
3: And it also, you know, it ties in to our pricing and why we don't negotiate our pricing as well. You know, we have a set of price that we're going to, we're going to quote you and, and out of that, you're giving back as, you know, a piece of that is being given back. So I think it's just all important to share.
1: Yeah, we did something similar, but not as in depth or, or at, at the level that Living Room is doing it. Uh, we had a program we call B1G1, Buy one Give one And so anybody who had a meaningful meeting with us for property management, we would donate a, a lunch to a PTSD Foundation. And so that's, so, and we'd give them a card to say that we were going to do this. And every quarter we would tally everything up and we would, we'd have them come in and they would talk to our team and our team meeting. And then we cut them a check. We always use it as a good excuse to get on the social medias as well. You know, to show that we're doing good things because no good, no, nothing good happens unless it happens on social media, right?
3: Right. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of the the money parts aren't super, you know, we talk about kind of the accumulative a little bit, but yeah, those volunteer opportunities, that's, and it's kind of, I feel like it's our job to kind of share what these nonprofits are doing. I mean, if we've all bought into them and want to give them such a huge chunk of, of, of income, of our income, we've bought into what they are doing and who they are. So why not put them on our platform and share?
1: Yeah. And then did you, uh, did your team vet these, uh, these nonprofits out to make sure like that majority of the funds that you, that they raise goes back to the community and all that good stuff. Cause you hear these horror stories, right? Like, you know, I yeah. won't name names, but you hear horror stories like for every dollar you give, like ninety five cents goes to the corporation and five cents yeah. goes to the community. So, did you guys do some vetting on that? And-
3: well, yeah. So, I mean, the way that it works is that each one of the agents kind of brings their vote, and they decide who gets put on the ballot, and so they are a huge part of that. And then, and then our team on the back end. The ones that make it through to the next round of voting actually have to do the research like qualifications. Got it. And then, like you know, and then do you I
1: cha- say, do you like, change like, them out hey, each year? Do you change them out each year or three years? Every three. Okay, perfect. Every okay. three
3: years. That's a big piece of that. That's a that's an important part of it. You know, if you give someone you know five thousand dollars, that's awesome. That's a really great thing. But if you build in fifteen thousand dollar quarterly check that they're going to likely get over the three years, that actually, it can change the way that they can structure their business. And that's really what we're there to do. Instead of, you know, $500 at a time, sponsoring one little table at a time or whatever that is at all these galas and things, we really wanna make a difference in, in in the organizations that mean the most to us. And that's the best way for us to do it.
1: Do you purposely look at smaller nonprofits versus larger nonprofits? Because you have more, you could have more impact or do you look, you look to. Not necessarily. Okay.
3: Not necessarily. We were, we worked with Oregon wild for a, a really long time and that's, that's a pretty good size organization. I think, you know, as we went into this last round of, of voting, it was a pretty, the conversations around getting BIPOC folks into homes and keeping them in homes and the gentrification of the, of our city was a really big topic of conversation and that became the focus of where we wanted to give money. So I think it's just kind of what's happening at the time, but also you would commit to those for three full years. Right. And so
1: So you're building deeper relationships than just cutting a check. What's that?
3: It's not overly trendy as far as who we're picking, you know, it's just not whoever's cool. But this last time, you know, we had some, we had a couple of fresh organizations that started up and it was pretty cool to get on, get in with them and and support them from the ground up and see them really grow. But a lot of that comes with staying really close to these companies. Like I said, being part of who they, you know, being part of their organization on on a volunteer level as well, because you can really see how that money is being used.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're going to hit a a commercial break here in a second, but I want to say there's a lot of good points here, right? So the real estate is separate from the management so don't have your property manager doing real estate work and vice versa and they're right. both great lead generators for for one another and then people want to do business with companies that that have that are bigger than 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 just the transaction right and so okay. if you have a partnership with a nonprofit like you should I don't want to use the word exploit that but you should market that right so that people know that it's not just you're doing business with you know, company ABC or, or living room, you're doing business with living room who supports not just anybody, but people who are nonprofits who focus in the community, which yep. is, which is a game changer. Cause it's, it really is more than just a transaction at that point. All right. I'm going to hit a break here and then we're going to hit the lightning round. Cody, are you ready for the lightning round? Don't be scared. It'll be all right. Okay, let's try. We'll, we'll see. We'll be right back. Everybody.
0: Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com.
2: Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations, like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at PestShare.com forward slash property managers.
1: All right, welcome back to the NARPROM radio podcast. I got Cody Thurman on the hot seat in the lightning round. Cody, are you All right, ready? Here we go. All right, well, now Cody's a big wig. She's like a vice president for some like big, big company, even though she says it's a small boutique company. They got like over 100 people. So let's see if she knows any of these answers. All right, Cody, what property management software do you guys use?
3: Appfolio. Oh,
1: nice. Well done. All right. Didn't even know if you're going to have that. Okay
3: lightning around I can handle. Let's do that.
1: All right. Here's a, here's another one. here's a tougher one. What is your current organizational structure for your property management division? Is it portfolio based, hybrid, departmental?
3: You know what? We were heavily portfolio based. We okay. were portfolio based I would say a year ago and we are kind of we are pulling out of that.
1: A, a that sounds day. about right. At 300 units, you're going to yeah. you're going to move towards hybrid or departmental. All right. Yep. All right. Do you use virtual assistants? We do. All right. Awesome. Now, when you're ready, you give me a call and use VPM solutions to find your oh. next ones. All right. <laughs> uh, so here's the one. do you have salespeople BDMs for property management? Or is it just your realtors that they go out and find it? So do you actually have salespeople that are out there just for property management?
3: So I do have a BDM who is specific to our property management company. She began selling real estate in t- back in 2020. And I've seen that business kind of slowly start to grow. And she's, she actually has done quite a bit of our business for our internal, anyone who's unrepresented in our property management company. She's building a great business. So
1: Nice. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in a property management business?
3: Mm, oh, that's a good one. Stay educated.
1: Stay educated. Join NARPAM. There you go.
3: Stay educated. Be a part of your, be a part of your local organizations. Be very involved in NARPUM and, and, and network with the people around you. But definitely just, just stay in the know. Know what's going on around you.
1: Love it. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes, 100%. What was your first job?
3: Oh, uh, I worked at Wendy's. I was like, I, and I loved it. I was, I had a blast. I think I was there for six months before I was pulled into retail, but oh man, I was really good at that, that drive through window. Let me tell you.
1: Really? We'll All right. You want to supersize that? <laughs> <laughs> what is something that most people don't know about you other than that you started off working at Wendy's?
3: Oh, why do people not know about me? You know, I, I have a, an, a very large family. I have eight sisters. I actually, eight? I almost said seven. I almost said seven, but I have a pandemic find sister.
1: Really? Like,
3: just found. And so I, I now have eight sisters. Eight so.
1: sisters. Okay. Wow. Not
3: many people know that, actually.
1: What book you're currently reading, or what is one that you've read that's impacted your business or life? I
3: hmm. was—I'm a, I'm a big fan of the one thing um, Gary Keller's book Gary that, that was a big deal for me. You are a badass. Was also super. I, yeah, that was
1: a good book. Oh, what was her name that wrote that? Jen. Yes,
3: I want to say
1: an S. Someone an S. You're right. Look it up, folks. You're a badass. It's yep. a great one. Okay. We Can All Be
3: Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. That was another one that recently came out. Which, Um, what's it
1: called? You Can All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers?
3: We Should All Be Millionaires. We Should All Be Millionaires. And it's a great, it's a great book for everyone, but it's especially women and especially women of color. It's pretty special.
1: Okay. It sounds like right up my alley. There you go. Which Disney character do you most associate with?
3: Oh my gosh. So my husband told me when I was very young we've been together since we were in high school. So mind you, that's a big thing. But that I look like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the eyes. And the, I don't know what it is, but Man. I, I think
1: you need um, to trade him in cr- for a newer model. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's okay. We, we called him dopey. So it's, you know, Oh, there's,
1: that's there's funny. That is funny. <laughs> what do you prefer dogs or cats? Kids. No, you're not an animal lover. I see that. Okay,
3: no, we've got a dog. He's just hairy, and it's he's a lot of work. But I, I do love him a lot. So I, I'll say it's it's dogs.
1: Dogs by a hair. Get it? Because uh, he's hairy. All right. There you go. All right. Well, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they do so?
3: You can find us at livingroomre.com. There's a staff page on me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. My name is. Cody Thurman, C-O-T. You know, my mom had to be special, C-O-T. Well, she
1: ran out of names after eight of them.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And last name is Thurman. So yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram and and, and LinkedIn. So come find me and say hello.
1: Awesome. And if you are listening to this and you are not a member of NARPM, why not join NARPM, N-A-R-P-M dot O-R-G or call them at 800-782-3452. If you need virtual assistance, go to vpmsolutions.com. We're the only online platform that is built for the property management industry. There's free training. You can search and sort by different property management software and skills. And it's all free. You negotiate directly with your virtual assistant. You pay them through our platform. The virtual assistant pays VPM 10%. So, Cody, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Another great NARPM Podcast. We'll see everybody the next time. Later.
0: This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers. The recognized leader in property management. Along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpam.org.